Hello and welcome to That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, data privacy, cybersecurity, and tech innovations. I'm Laura Milstein, and I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Gabby Schulte, and I don't know that much about technology, but I want to learn. That's why each week we're talking to heavy hitters in the industry to help us break down these topics. But before we get into today's episode, we wanted to pause and talk a little bit about the launch of our podcast. Gabby, tell us how you're feeling now. Episode four, quad episode. This is a big day. Quad episode. It feels like it's really official. I mean, obviously, you know, when we launched, it was real. But now it's like, okay, we're getting to rhythm each Tuesday, Tech Tuesday. We're coming out with new stuff, starting to get some followers, starting to get some comments. um, And the feedback so far has been great. The traction is incredible. Speaking of great feedback, uh, I saw we had some reviews. Want to talk about them? Want to read them? Tell everyone what people think of us. Yeah. So we have some reviews we want to share because we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, you know, read a review or write a review and to take that effort out of your day. And we really appreciate it. So here is what you all have said so far. So first of all, our first review is from Christy Bates. Uh, She wrote, Super exclamation point. Engaging hosts and guests on a subject matter that has yet to be covered in this format. Great way to stay up to speed on what's going on in the industry and have some fun listening at the same time. So thank you so much, Christy. Yeah, thanks, Christy. I don't know you, but I'm looking forward to building a friendship. Next review says informative and entertaining. It's no easy feat to make legal tech discussion. Oh, I'm sorry. It's no easy feat to make a legal tech discussion interesting, but this podcast does. That's from Restless DNA. Whoever you are, um, I think that legal podcast discussions are just incredibly interesting. You should come on our show and we should talk about that topic. I really appreciate this this reviewer because we really are trying to make uh, legal tech, not that it isn't so interesting intrinsically <laughs> in and of itself, um, but so interesting. <laughs> but we want to make it relatable, and we want to make it um, you know something accessible for people. So I really appreciated that. Uh, review. So our last one for today is from Token0978. They said, very entertaining, great podcast, very engaging and informative. Laura and Gabby ask great questions. I love the way they play off each other and engage with the guests. Well done, Laura. Oh my God, Gabby, you on this one, whoever wrote this, shout out to them not knowing how to spell your name. That's how you know <laughs> you have a real fan when they're like, uh, I only hear this podcast, so I don't know who these people are and still wrote a review. So thank you, Token, whatever number that was. Token 0978, I am not offended at the least. Um, You can misspell my name as long as you keep giving us five-star reviews. So so that's our reviews so far. Again, we just wanted to say thank you so much for listening, so much for sharing. Please continue to do so. And, you know, as these reviews come in, we will read them um, just to share some of the feedback that you have. And even if it's, you know, constructive criticism, we would love to hear it as well. Laura, today, I think that we are kind of honing in. We talked a little bit about cybersecurity, 
so far. We talked about stuff on the legal side. Um, we talked to some of the actual technologies like ESI. Um, but today we kind of want to talk around tech news. Right. Yes. So people always can find tech news. You can literally go on Google and say tech news and some things are going to pop up. There's always stuff on data breaches. There's stuff on cybersecurity. Uh, but finding things specific around e-discovery, that's not just a come to my company, buy my product and not a direct plug is very difficult. So I'm really excited for today's guest because it's a little bit different of an episode because today we're actually diving into somebody who is giving us news directly in the e-discovery field. And for all those listening, I know we have done so many e-discovery podcasts so far. Um, I'm biased and I love them, but don't worry. We have tons of tech innovation podcasts coming out, more cybersecurity ones, some data privacy ones. It's going to be exciting, but this one is uh, definitely a twist on the e-discovery as it is how are we getting our e-discovery news? Where are we finding it? So, Gabby, this week, who do we have on today? Today, we're talking to editor of e-discovery today, Doug Austin. If you didn't already know, e-discovery today is a daily blog about trends, best practices, and case law in electronic discovery, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Doug is an, Doug, sorry, is an established e-discovery thought leader, consultant, and blogger with over 30 years of experience providing e-discovery best practices practices, legal technology consulting, and technical project management services to numerous clients. Doug, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, and that's uh, maybe the best intro I've ever gotten. I've got to, I've got to remember how you said <laughs> that uh, when I have to do my own intro. Sounds great. <laughs> hey, you know what? You have the recording, so you can refer back to it later. Um, so, Doug, we definitely want to pick your brain on all things e-discovery, but first, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the industry and how you got started uh, or into being editor of uh, e-discovery today? Uh, sure. Um, so I started, I got in the industry when I was assigned to a project. Uh, uh, I, back in the eighties, I worked for, and I'm sure people are familiar with the big four. Well, back then they were the big eight consulting firms. And, uh, I worked for, uh, for, uh, one of them and, uh, they said, Hey, we've got this long-term litigation going on. Uh, we need to staff people for it. And I went uh, to work on it. They said three to six months. It turned out to be over a year. Uh, but that really kind of got my start, uh, really did a lot of interesting things in that. And then continue to work in lit support because there was no e-discovery at the time, of course. We worked with paper and dealt with uh, paper and all the challenges associated with paper uh, and, and did that over the years. Eventually, we started working in e-discovery and over about 20 years, I worked for two different e-discovery providers. Uh, the last one was a company called Cloud9. And uh, when I got there, uh, the um, uh, CEO and, and co-founder of Cloud9, uh, Brad Jenkins, said, hey, we've got a blog that's designed. We just need content. And I said, great. What's the name of the blog? And he said, eDiscovery Daily. And I said, that's a terrible name for a blog. If it's eDiscovery Daily, you're going to need the right daily content. But yeah. I thought about it and thought, okay, yeah, it's probably a good idea to continue to be in front of people. And we decided to make it educational. And it just started from there. And now I've been doing it over 10 years uh, started eDiscovery today last April, where my business is the blog um, and also content generation and consulting. 
Very interesting. You've you've done a lot and you've grown a lot throughout from when you started to where you are now. So can you tell us a little bit about how the blog has grown and what have been some of the biggest challenges or obstacles that you've had to overcome? Um, sure. Well, I think one of the things that I would say is when I started blogging daily, uh, we really focused almost solely on e-discovery. And as time has evolved, it's become apparent that things like InfoGov and cybersecurity and data privacy are so interwoven that you really have to get into those topics as well. Um, and now AI, um, because there are, there are a number of applications of AI that you know that pertain to, uh, to legal, uh, that it really, while it's called an e-discovery blog, it's really a lot more because these topics are so interwoven and they are um, you know challenges that organizations are dealing with. So from that standpoint, that's one of the things I would say has been a big, the biggest evolution in terms of how the blog has evolved. Um, surprisingly, it's rarely um, difficult for me to find topics to write about. In fact, there are topics I don't get to, even when sometimes I'm doing a couple of blog posts today. Uh, there's just so much to talk about, um, and uh, whether it's I'm covering an interesting case or I saw some interesting stats about uh, the latest data, pre data breach um, uh, kind of incidences or what have you. Uh, it's there's always things to talk about, so uh, it's just a really deciding what uh, you think you think the readers will be most interested in hearing about. Yeah, and and as somebody who has looked at trends on a daily basis, um, you know what are some of the biggest changes over the past couple of years in e-discovery, but also you know in some of the other areas that you talked about, like data privacy and cybersecurity. And I'm also curious as to you know how the pandemic has changed any of that. Um, certainly, that's one of the trends, and we'll uh, I'll certainly get to that one uh, at the end. From a from a standpoint of trends in the recent handful of years that I think have impacted e-discovery, um, I would say um, uh, one of those is the is the sources of ESI for e-discovery have really multiplied. I mean, uh, e-discovery used to primarily be about going and collecting somebody's email stores, their office files on their desktop or, or network store, uh, and, and that was pretty much it. Now, mobile devices are much, are much more routinely relevant. Um, uh, uh, messaging apps uh, are, you know, people are communicating via Skype or Teams or what have you, much more routinely relevant. Uh, text messages, um, you know, one of the things that if you think about it in your own business, if you need to get a hold of a colleague in a hurry, you don't do it via email because you get so many emails, you don't necessarily get to them right away. So you'll reach out to them via text or Slack or what have you. So that's all discoverable ESI that has to be addressed. So that's one of the big areas that I think um, has uh, impacted e-discovery recently. Um, certainly, I think another uh, aspect or, or impact to uh, e-discovery uh, has been um, uh, uh, PAR and AI and those tech types of technologies that are starting to impact there. We have a long way to go there. We still have, even though TAR has been in use for probably close to 10 years now, TAR technologies, you still have a significant percentage of the market that's not even using those, not, uh, not to mention some other AI technologies and approaches that are there. But I definitely 
see that changing and it's starting to change. And certainly I expect that will continue to change. Um, another thing that I think is impacting the market is the number uh, is, is how much audio and video uh, evidence there is these days because we all carry around iPhones or Androids where we take pictures, we take videos. Uh, now we're doing Zoom meetings and we're recording a lot of those Zoom meetings, like we're recording this one. And that could, uh, uh, organizations are doing it because they can. And ultimately, they, that may be evidence they have to go through. So I think the approaches and technologies to get through audio and video uh, evidence efficiently are evolving to, to meet those needs. So those are some of the things I see. And then certainly from the pandemic standpoint, and this actually started before the pandemic, but certainly was shifted into hyperdrive, is the, is the aspect of remote discovery. Um, we're seeing a lot more remote collection. We were already seeing plenty of remote review and there are plenty of uh, uh, um, cloud-based review platforms out there. But certainly uh, almost all reviews being conducted remotely these days because of the pandemic. And companies have had to adjust to that, and teams have had to have had to adjust to how they manage their teams from a remote standpoint. So, remote discovery, I think, goes hand in hand with uh, uh, the pandemic, and then cybersecurity concerns and, and addressing those uh, go along with the pandemic as well. And organizations have had to determine how they manage uh, their staff from from a cybersecurity standpoint. And I think we see a lot more of them shifting to cloud-based solutions for um, uh, for uh, off office type of functionality. A lot more uh, users, uh, companies using M365 than were a year or so ago, for example. So I think remote uh, discovery has been one of the biggest impacts of the pandemic from a, from a discovery standpoint. Yeah, um, well stated. And just so you know, we are saving all of this for when uh, Discovery is ready for our podcast. So we'll be ready to just upload the videos right now. For, oh, for there Discovery. we go. <laughs> we're collecting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're saving it. Uh, Yo, you need a DSR? No problem. We're in. Um, but yeah, so... I, uh, I appreciate the endeavor that, that you've taken on as obviously I have a strong passion for e-discovery myself. And I wanted to kind of ask you, when you think about the e-discovery industry and the changes and, and kind of what the future holds, and I think you did kind of touch upon that nicely with ESI, with the cybersecurity aspect, with AI, Tarcal, all those things. And the audio and video, which I think people underestimate and, and is really a, a big thing that's that's coming into play now. And again, how you were talking the ESI with the Slack messages and even just using different devices and figuring out how are people talking, how do you do it over multiple channels, which is which is a challenge. Um, and I think with with you, you are constantly having to educate yourself. You're constantly having to be informed in all these areas, which is hard because as you stated, there's so much always happening. So I guess I have two parts to it. One is how do you do that? How do you educate yourself and constantly stay informed on these? And then separate from that, um, I'm curious of not necessarily what the future is doing in this, because I think you kind of answered that, but are there any things that have been going on that you think will no longer be relevant in the e-discovery um, industry? I'll have to uh, ponder the second part of that question a moment because nothing momentarily comes to mind, but I'm sure given a moment, I'll think about that. Um, as for uh, staying abreast, uh, one of the things that I say is one of the biggest benefits of writing a daily blog is you kind of have to. 
before I had a daily blog, uh, I would try to stay uh, up to uh, up to date on trends and best practices and so forth. But anytime I got busy on a project, all that stuff got pushed to the side, and I and then I would emerge. You know, if I got busy on a really super busy project for a few months, I'd come out and be like, "They're talking about this thing. I haven't even heard of it." Uh, so writing a daily blog forces you to. So I read other blogs. Um, I try to attend uh, uh, at least uh, another, uh, at least a webinar uh, a, a week or every, every couple of weeks sometimes uh, that is covering a topic that I'm interested in finding out more about. Um, social media is a great way because uh, sometimes what I do uh, is just kind of a natural uh, aspect of following other people on social media. They're talking about things and I'm like going, hmm, that's an interesting topic. I got to dive into that more. So it's really just kind of carving out some time each day to do it. Uh, one of the things I do with eDiscovery today is I try to keep the blog posts relatively short, nothing more than about five minutes because I know people's time is valuable. Um, uh, I think that um, if you if you keep uh, a topic to five minutes, uh, that's uh, or less, that's preferable. If I have a topic that's more than that, I'll break it up into multiple parts. Um, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people can do in the industry is uh, is doing um, is really just setting aside a few minutes each day. It could be fifteen minutes. Uh, could be uh, a lot. You could accomplish a lot in fifteen minutes. I think. Uh, in doing that. Agreed. As for the Doug, I, didn't oh. hear, I didn't hear you mention that you get your education from that tech pod. Uh, I, well, I, I was getting to that. Um, <laughs> certainly. Okay, that's what I wanted uh, to hear. Actually, you, you all asked a very thought-provoking question just a, a couple of days ago, uh, or, or maybe even it was yesterday, about uh, technology you'd like to see uh, exist in the industry and and so forth that I thought, well, you know, was I had to take a minute and think about it and so forth. And one of the things we always talk about in our industry is education and technical competence. And um, uh, a lot of the legal industry is not very technically, technically competent. But one area that they seem to be very um, comfortable with the technology is with your iPhone. Uh, they, can, they get the iPhone. And I say iPhone specifically, I know some use Androids and whatnot, but uh, a couple of years ago when I was at uh, the University of Florida Discovery Conference, which is coming up again next month, uh, and it's virtual this time, so it's free, um, anyone can attend, uh, somebody asked the audience, the in, in-house audience, how many people use iPhones, and literally almost every hand went up. So uh, lawyers get iPhones. And I think they need technology that is like that, that is simple to use, but still powerful because it's a lot of different apps you can have that do various things and get done what you need to get done. So I think that is a key. Another thing you said is, what do you think could uh, should be automated? And, um, uh, you know, I think that really we, we are getting to the point where, um, I don't know how quickly, but certainly the technical components are there. Somebody can really put them together to start with a search in your, in your um, uh, enterprise, find potentially responsive data, and just automatically push it forward straight to review, um, you know, ready to go, processed, and so forth. The components are there. I think people are still looking to try to 
kind of automate, fully automate that workflow. But I think it's coming and I think it's coming soon. So I think that's one of the things that I, uh, I really expect that uh, we'll see. And you guys keep the questions coming because uh, those are really interesting questions to talk about. Well, one one last question for you, Doug. Um, what do you think is going to be kind of changing the most in you know the next five to ten years that you are like, okay, we should be paying attention to this? Um, well, I certainly think that what I hope it will be is some of the more advanced technologies and things that are available. Um, there, there's a lot available today that uh, the typical attorney isn't taking advantage of. So I'd like to believe that within five or so years, they'll be taking more advantage of these uh, advanced technologies to streamline their workflows. Usually it comes to a uh, kind of a, a, a um, pivotal point that forces them that way. I think that the pandemic has forced companies to look at how they do things because they, you know, because they've been forced to do uh, do work remotely, so they've had to change workflows for that. So I think there's got to be some sort of event that comes along that forces them that direction. But you know, I say this all the time: e-discovery is about workflows, and the more efficient your workflows can be, um, the the better off you'll be, uh, because it's only going to get um, you know more uh, uh, challenging to do. Uh, people, uh, companies are getting more cases. Budgets are tight because of the pandemic. So how do you know? How do you do? How do you get through? You leverage technology, and uh, I think the key is: well, will we get to that uh, that pivot point that forces organizations, law firms, and whatnot to really embrace and leverage the technology more that's already available? Well, Doug, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it, and uh, uh, look forward to. Uh, uh, catching uh, the next uh, TechPod uh, cast after after mine, and, and continuing to follow follow you guys. So, Laura, we just talked to Doug Austin, editor of eDiscovery Today. What are your tech takeaways? Tech takeaways are, first of all, I think Doug is so great, um, as I think everyone who comes on our show is incredible. And I love the way that he does it. I think blogs are underestimated. It's hard to find news. And as we talked about earlier um, on this episode, where do you find news specific to e-discovery? And I think he does a great mix between educating people on what really is happening in e-discovery and also not forgetting other parts of the tech industry that you don't always get to read about and see everywhere. Yeah, I think that's what I really thought was so interesting is that obviously there's so much tech news out there, but specifically about this niche topic, e-discovery, it's just a source where it's like, okay, it's reliable. um, You know that you can go to it and find a good amount of what you're trying to, you know, digest for that day. So I think that everyone should follow eDiscovery today. 
I agree. Everyone get on and follow it. Speaking of new tech, uh, side note on this Mm -hmm. podcast, I'm just going to share this. I just discovered this new technology and in such a global world, it is really interesting to me. It's basically something you wear on your head or over your ear. I don't know enough about it clearly, but some sort of earbuds and then I'm wearing (laughs) them and you can talk to me in a totally different language. So if you're talking to me in Spanish, you're like, hola, señorita, tú es muy bonita. And then to me, it's like, hi, girl you are so beautiful in English and then uh-huh. I can respond back to you in English and, and be like oh si senorita tu es muy caliente and then oh wait I guess I would I would be saying that in English and it would come to you and say that in Spanish you know right, so right. I definitely want to find this guy Andrew who looks like the CEO of this company and I want to bring him on because when the pandemic is over and we have in-person meetings we need to take our podcast and fly to every country and test this out. Yes. I'm I order them today. Let's order them. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. start looking at flights and trips. Uh, listeners, where can we go to uh, that we can test out this technology? Because that sounds amazing and super fun and amazing, like post-pandemic activity. Um, all we need is the budget for it. So <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing standing in our way, which I feel like we can tackle. Yeah, we just have to fund our new global tech uh, discovery uh, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure what I'm going, where I'm going with global tech discovery uh, roadshow. Te- oh, that I mean, Hell whoa, yeah. whoa! Did anyone get hurt because <laughs> a bomb was just dropped? <laughs> Be careful! Be careful! Yeah. That was intense. Be careful while listening to this podcast, everyone. Uh, yeah. Disclaimer: You might get hurt from our bomb ideas. Yeah. Oh, I see what you just did there. That was a pun. (laughs) Yeah. I want to start bringing on more tech innovations on here. And the more that we've been researching, the more I'm just getting tech excited and (laughs) getting ready for the pandemic to kind of ease down. So we have some more tech ideas that we can utilize. So we have to find him. We're bringing him on the show. And then maybe Doug will write about him in e-discovery today because I think you can kind of tie, I mean, there has to be some AI involved in something like that. I don't know, but For I'm sure. going to research this more. Amazing. I'm so tech excited too. And I'm going to say that it's kind of like uh, the movie um, Pitch Perfect where they put Akka in front of everything. It's like, I'm Akka oh. excited. Oh, <laughs> let's yeah, start let's doing do that, that with tech. Yeah, it will uh, not. It won't be annoying to anyone. <laughs> no, absolutely people not. People will love it. People I think will that love it. people who listen to this podcast and us might think it's the best thing ever. So let's just go with it. Yeah. It's going to be tech incredible. (laughs) I love it. All right. uh, Laura, where can people find us if they want to listen to us and share our stuff? Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Obviously, you heard the reviews. We would like some more. Just saying we have none left to read. So please tell us if you love us. Tell us if you hate us. You know, we want to... We'll take feedback to hear from you reach out to us directly at uh, that techpod at gmail.com if you want to be on our show if you know somebody who wants to be on our show if you want to fund our trip globally to explore <laughs> these tech innovations For we are interested show. in hearing from you check us out on our website www.thattechpod.com follow us on LinkedIn Twitter Gabby what am I missing Actually, I think that's about it. We also have a website. Did you notice that? Or did you say that? 
I did, uh, but let's tell them again. Maybe they didn't hear it. Yeah. www.thattechpod.com. Hard to guess, right? Hard to guess. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, like Laura said, uh, leaving us a review is just a really easy, um, you know, non-hassle, free way for t- uh, to show your support for the show, um, to kind of support the e-discovery, legal tech, and tech innovation uh, world. And so, once again, we would really appreciate it. Um, and even if you have, you know, some feedback, uh, like constructive criticism, we, t- you know, write that. Let us know. We'll take that too. Yeah. Yeah, we're open to it. Or if you just want to tell us how awesome we are, we'll take that too. We love that. Yeah, and we love you. We think you're (laughs) incredible. We do. You're tech incredible. Oh, that was so beautiful. (laughs) 